Get ready to hear the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth about the United States healthcare system. With your host of the Medical Truth Podcast, James Egidio. Hi, I'm James Egidio, your host of the Medical Truth Podcast, the podcast that tells the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth about the American healthcare system. There was a time pre-COVID in 2020 when medical experts who had differences of opinion would have healthy debates and conversations about the cause and effect of a particular ailment, disease, or medication, backing it up with real science, or did this even ever exist? Fast forward to 2020 during the pandemic when draconian lockdowns by uninformed hypocritical bully lawmakers implemented mask mandates and social distancing. Now the vaccine bioweapon is the tall order of the day. My guest knows all too well about medical censorship, freedom of speech, and what real science and medicine is all about. It is an honor and a blessing to have on the Medical Truth Podcast, Florida Surgeon General and author of the book Transcend Fear, Dr. Joseph Latipo. Thank you so much for taking time from your busy schedule to join me on the Medical Truth Podcast. For the listeners and viewers of the Medical Truth Podcast, just uh, share a little bit about who you are and what you do, and we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. Thank you for, thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be chatting with everyone. And I am a physician, a clinical researcher. I'm a professor at the University of Florida and I also serve as the Surgeon General of Florida. And I'm a dad and a husband and a health enthusiast in terms of really aiming to be as healthy as I can be. I'm not crazy. I know there are a lot of really intense people, and God bless you all. But I'm, I'm just trying to do a, a good job being as healthy as I can be and trying to really support and encourage other people to be as healthy as they can be, too. So I wanted to get in a little bit about, and you've been very courageous in the state of Florida, and of course, you've been publicized on television a lot with the decisions that you made with the whole COVID uh, outbreak, or I call it the pandemic. And what I wanted to get into and ask you is looking back at February and March of 2020. And even before I go there, I just wanted to share with the listeners and viewers of the Medical Truth podcast of a video clip that I um, dug out um, to pretty much frame things based on your courageous um, move on the way you handled the whole pandemic for the state of Florida. And when I had introduced you to this in this podcast, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people know who you are. You've gotten a lot of uh, publicity, but let me just uh, frame it on with this particular video. You think that my colleagues have been taken over by zombies? Public health leaders slammed Florida's Surgeon General with a scathing letter today. They say he's misleading people about COVID-19 vaccine side effects and putting lives at risk. CBS4's Larry Seward is in the newsroom tonight with the details. And Larry, they minced few words. Lauren, they accused Dr. Joseph Latipo of fueling vaccine hesitation instead of accepting scientific facts. You think that my colleagues 
have been taken over by zombies. Florida's public health leader. I do not equivocate with science. Openly critical of COVID-19 vaccine's ability to prevent spread since his nomination as Surgeon General got served this new four-page notice. Centers for Disease Control and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration called some of Dr. Joseph Latipo's claims, quote, incorrect, misleading, and could be harmful to the American public. Some science has been ignored over the past two years when it hasn't fit an agenda. Both agencies took issues with claims that growing numbers of Floridians reported life-threatening conditions linked to COVID-19 vaccines. Federal leaders insist those complaints do not mean vaccines cause such problems and that researchers need more time to know for sure. But based on what's available, the FDA and CDC see no evidence of increased risk of death and say vaccinations save lives. We have the Surgeon General here saying that vaccines don't work. On top of in-state critics, FDA and CDC leaders told Dr. Latipo, quote, it is the job of public health officials to protect the lives of the populations they serve, particularly the vulnerable. Fueling vaccine hesitancy undermines this effort. So far, we've seen no response from Florida's Surgeon General. Live in the newsroom, Larry Seward, CBS 4 News. So this is the insanity that we were all up against, and you were so courageous to come forward and take a stance on this. And I guess my question is, one of my first questions, looking back at, let's say, February, March of 2020, what were some of the red flags that didn't make sense to you about this, what I call the pandemic? Yeah, oh man, I, I don't have a vision. So I only see some of these things when they're actually online and I hear about people say, oh, I saw you on the news and things like that. <laughs> I, I doubt it's ever anything flattering when the when the stories are run. So I know you asked about March, February 2020. But before I say anything about that, it's interesting, right? So the reporter was paraphrasing the CDC and the FDA and was saying that, but the researchers needed to do more investigation. Who's doing them? And, and there was a comment about, about they needed more time. Exactly how much more time do you need? This is the way that the CDC and FDA has, have responded to state concerns. It, it's with hand-waving and this amorphous, undefined goal that has to be reached or this benchmark that has to be reached. And it's not defined. Who's doing the work? If we know who's doing the work, where are the protocols so they can be reviewed? What, where are the data sets? None of that, right? It's just, oh, we haven't seen it. You haven't looked. You, you haven't looked. So I, it's so often that is the case that they haven't looked. You go back to early 2021 when you had, when Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the head, former head of the CDC, was flatly denying any signal myocarditis. And by that point, it was already very clear from Israeli data. And frankly, it was present in US data that there was a signal there. So this approach to just we don't see anything, who's gonna who's gonna show you, (laughs) you have to actually go out there. And you have to look that's not, that's either not happening or not happening anywhere to the extent that is commensurate with how many people have taken these vaccines. They're absolutely the the penetration of these vaccines demands a much higher, much higher bar for safety and for investigation. The whole thing's just terrible. Yeah, but it is. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, going back to, and by the way, we did write a letter in response to the, to the CDC and the FDA that we have posted on my Twitter account with my Surgeon General hat in that role. And we haven't heard anything back yet. And there are very good questions in that letter, but, but no response yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole um, pandemic caught me by surprise in terms of our policy responses. And I, I think back in February or March, I was surprised that people were just willing to throw so many valuable things aside, like immunity, like you know, people being connected with their environment, like people's education, like people's livelihoods and businesses. I was very surprised, but I honestly didn't think it would go on for very long initially, just because they're obviously extremely harmful policies. And then, of course, I learned that I was wrong. Yeah, it's interesting because... At that time, I was I had owned a medical practice at the time. It was a bricks and mortar practice. And we had back in 2003, and I mentioned this on several episodes in four, 2003 and four, the fall of those particular years, we had what was, as you remember, the sudden acute respiratory syndrome, which was a COVID virus. And it was pretty severe. It was a pretty bad flu season. But I guess the question is, what came first, the vaccine or this pandemic. And Dr. David Martin, I know, illustrated really well in Mickey Willis's documentary, Pandemic One, with Dr. Judy Mikovits. Actually, it was one in one and two that the Department of Defense was planning all this ahead of time, right? They were planning this so called event. In fact, it was, I think, it called Event 201 or 203 back in. I think it was September, October of 2019. And then coincidentally, all of a sudden we have a a so-called pandemic. And then even Fauci predicted in 17 that there was going to be an outbreak, right? I asked you what the red flags were for you being in, in medicine. I did read you were in California at the time, correct? Yeah, I was a faculty at the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA. Yeah. And it just seems to me that a lot of the narrative was being led by, of course, obviously the media. It was being led by people who weren't even in the medical industry who took hold of the narrative and ran with it and censored courageous physicians such as yourself and Dr. Scott Jensen and many other physicians. So it just it, it's really strange that this is where medicine has arrived at. But so what works for you, what, at what point did you say, okay, something's wrong here? I think really as early as, as March when the lockdowns were starting. And by the way, Dr. Scott Jensen is a, he's a friend and I, a guy really, I, I really like him a lot. He's a great guy. He's had a lot of courage and a lot of sensibility during the pandemic. And I just, I know he's got a really strong following and I'm, I'm happy to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think early on would be the, my answer to your question. And what, if any reservations did you have about standing up for what you knew was right at the time when it came to this pandemic to the vaccine, (laughs) not a drop of reservation at any point. (laughs) 
And I know I we I know that uh, Tony Lyons was supposed to be joining us, and he's a he's he published my book and my wife's book also. My book is Transcend Fear and Words is Emerging from Darkness. And I talk about I talk about our journey and. Because I, I had no plans to, I was very happy as a doctor and a, as a, a clinical researcher, doing research, seeing patients, doing some teaching. I had no plans for the type of role that I'm in now. But uh, part of the reason I have no regret, I'm not even part of the reason, the whole reason is because I did a lot of work on my spirit, on my soul, on my energy, on my mind. The mind's actually the smallest part of it. The spirit and the soul and yeah. energy are really the most important parts. And so with my wife, like that's my guide. So I, I, I don't have any, I don't have any regrets about 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 anything that I've done. There are some things that I definitely could have done better, but at the same time, I, I, I think that the path is something that has been defined by God. So yeah. as long as I'm in, as long as I'm doing my part in terms of working on my spirit, my soul, so I'm you know receiving the guidance and the the information that I need to receive from divinity and our yeah. angels and our guides, then yeah. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So that was, that's what I would say there. Yeah, and I and that's a that's a phenomenal point there. This whole thing was led to, I believe, as a political football. Both sides were in on promoting this as far as the political spectrum. Trump, I know, maybe was informed or misinformed about the whole incident, but he kept pushing the vaccines. Of course, we know the other side, Biden pushed the other side. And I tell a, a lot of people that listen to this particular podcast is and I don't like to get into the politic to politics, especially when it comes to your personal health and your faith. Is keep the politics out of it when making the decision with these vaccines. Take, it's it's an instrument of division, is what it's become. It's become masked versus unmasked, vaccinated versus unvaccinated, and now we're jumping into all different unrest worldwide, and people are taking sides on things. And I think the most important thing that to, to keep in mind for a lot of people that are listening to this, for everyone that's listening to this, is that it's about your faith in God. That's who we have to turn to. And you that that's right on point. It was just, we're so overwhelmed with all these instruments of division. I think it's orchestrated to do just that. And that's what the enemy does is he, he divides. And that's the way mm -hmm. they do. That's the way it happens. Um <clears throat> What concerns do you have or did you have with the mRNA vaccine or what I call the bioweapon? What were some of your concerns from a, from as a physician and a medical standpoint? It really is incontrovertible that there are multiple studies now that reveal very concerning safety information. One of them is, um, you know, to start with something really simple and just virtually impossible to, to, uh, contradict is the serious adverse event rate. There was a study published by Dr. Peter Doshi, uh, Dr. Joe Raymond, and others in the journal Vaccine. It's a good academic journal that used the clinical trial data to estimate the risk of serious adverse events. And it was something, their estimate was as high as one in 550, which is absurd. 
you know, serious adverse events or, or health events that require medical attention, result in hospitalization or death or other serious conditions. So those are that's literally the opposite of safety. So that's something that you know, the CDC has been completely silent on. The FDA has been completely silent on, and it's completely abnormal. I can't think of another widely used vaccine. That's influenza does not cause a, historically it doesn't cause a serious adverse event in one in five hundred and fifty people. Um, that's first. You're talking about healthy people, so you know, that's a major major one that one's very easy to run his brain around <laughs> yeah something else that we we recently put out some guidance in florida about negative effectiveness and this is the phenomenon now that's been observed in studies in the united states i think in argentina or another south american country in in iceland in in europe where after some months People, the studies are finding that there's that the vaccines are associated with an increased, I mean, an increased risk of infection. So people who are receiving them in these studies have a higher rate of COVID nineteen after some months, and that's obviously a concerning finding. And while it may have been possible to dismiss it. After one study, maybe two studies, now there are multiple studies that are showing this, that have used different methods, and they're showing this, different time periods, different populations. It's a major concern. That's, that's not something that is, that's normal. And in a sane world, we would have stopped using them yeah. until we understood better what was going on with this. In a sane world, we would be doing randomized clinical trials. So money there... The, the resources are there to do it. The patients are there to do it. There's enough disease prevalence to do it. The only thing that's not there is the will, the intention to actually make decisions that are well-informed and actually are most likely to serve human beings and humankind. Yeah. So that's another major thing that we've talked about. And there are other issues, but those are just two you know, very easy ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because that was going to be one of my questions is what, what the CDC and the FDA and, and the pharmaceutical industry have done in the past with the number of injuries and deaths. And now they're saying they're up, it's up to about 17 million deaths. I interviewed Dr. Brian Hooker just two days ago, and he had mentioned that as well. So what, what would, I mean, what would the FDA and the CDC and the pharmaceutical industry have done with the number of injuries and deaths so far? In the past, what would they have done? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. And the history of of medicine, obviously, that's a whole field. And there are some books that have been written about uh, different vaccines and the history of their use. And obviously, in the U.S., there have been periods of time where um, you know you go back to. Uh, the early polio vaccines were unfortunately there was contamination with one of the companies, one of the manufacturers, and several children became paralyzed. I think maybe even a few died. So that you know, there is a history of sometimes adverse events happening after vaccines, just like any other patient. It's a potential concern. 
It's interesting. I think there was another another vaccine around which there was a controversy. I think it was a it was an influenza vaccine, maybe in the '60s when there was concern about a a, a pandemic, and I, I think some recipients developed Guillain Barre syndrome afterward. There might have been some other complications afterward, and eventually a lot of concern grew over it in terms of public sentiment and um, and. It, it, it ultimately, I don't, I don't recall whether it was formally withdrawn or whether it was just it ended that particular vaccine. So it, we it, historically there have been there been there's been a, a lower threshold to for of safety I would say with in this period of time the threshold is <laughs> sky high. Yeah, um, you know, many things could be possible, and it just doesn't doesn't matter to current political leadership and current scientific leadership in terms of investigating. You've got kids who, there's a report in Connecticut uh, that was written by the medical examiner there. These two adolescent boys, they were healthy young boys, and they died days after receiving, I think, second mRNA shots, COVID-19 mRNA shots with a unusual pattern of myocarditis that is that seemed plausibly quite plausibly extremely plausibly to be related to the exposure in response the cdc wrote a letter to um that was public journal that was just a poorly informed letter trying to find some other hang these the death of these poor kids and their families on some other cause when obviously you know we talk about Occam's razor. The and it was that is clearly we're not you. It's not right to give so much benefit of the doubt that you put aside the most likely explanation. That's just not right. right. Like right. that, when you do things like that, you're prioritizing. You're not prioritizing health, but you're prioritizing your mission or your agenda, whatever it is that they're trying to protect over there. But that was really reprehensible. Maybe they're correct. I, I seriously doubt it. But you don't start by defending the position that something else caused these boys death. And the 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 evidence quite strongly suggests that no, it was these vaccines that caused these two boys to die. We're not in a good time in terms. We're not in a good place in terms of really prioritizing health and safety. No, we're not. Dr. Ladapo, how long have you been practicing medicine? I graduated medical school in 2008. So not an incredibly long time, but about 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I've been around the medical industry pretty much my whole life as well. 24 years, 22 years with owning a practice, three niche practices. And there was a time that there would be healthy debates and I, you probably agree or disagree with me, but there used to be, there was a time when there were healthy debates and conversations about the cause and effect of particular diseases and ailments and backing it up with real science at, at a, today we're in, a, it seems like we're in a, like in a time warp or some kind of episode of Twilight yeah. Zone. Where is this all going to, where's this all going? What's, what direction is this going in? What do you, what's your take on this? No, you're totally right. You're totally right. It is like the Twilight Zone. I think what is encouraging is that 
the number of Americans who are, they're on the side of reason. They feel they have a sense that things haven't really been on the up and up in terms of how the pandemic policies have been deployed, everything from the lockdowns to the school closures, to the vaccine passports, to then the vaccine mandates, and now to the continued push for these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines and, and the squelching of opposing positions and the squelching out of even the ability of people to, to support themselves in terms of their employment for having the wrong opinion or saying the wrong thing. And so that's encouraging that more Americans are no longer in that spellbound by that fear campaign that the government and Dr. Fauci and other people were pushing early on in the pandemic. On the downside, you still have the CDC. There's just no accountability for the safety concerns. There's no accountability for individuals who have died in terms of autopsy studies, in terms of understanding. We're seeing really academic institutions doing more of this work where people are, for example, looking at you know, performing autopsies and, and identifying findings of persistent spike protein and persistent mRNA and things like that in individuals. So I think in all, I think that, and, I'm, and I believe that this is coming, that you, we really need new leadership that is, that's really, that's the only way this ends uh, that I can see without something more radical happening. You need leaders that are, that have a closer relationship to truth, just protecting the interests of, of the reputation of institutions or protecting, protecting pharmaceutical companies or protecting an idea or really a paradigm. So you look at guys like, Dr. Paul Offit, who his the the best predictor of his his position on something isn't the data, it's how the the position will affect the vaccine program. So you've heard him when after we in Florida said that recommended against the COVID nineteen vaccines for healthy children, I think over a year ago, he I, I was. I, Someone was showing some comments from him, and he was really damning that position and saying all this stuff. And now here he is on the saying that, oh, I'm not going to get one of these boosters, even though the CDC recommends it. I don't need it. I don't think I need it. So with him, you know, he's an example of someone who is defending a paradigm. Like literally, his position doesn't have really much relationship with data it does and he's obviously a very intelligent guy and he's very he's a very thoughtful guy but but ultimately for him it's the paradigm of the vaccine program that he is defending and that's yeah. what the, will define where he fits like he he smells the he smells the coffee he knows that right now there's little appetite for these vaccines and now he's taking a position that that supports popular mentality about them but it's not because of these particular vaccines. It's actually the vaccine program that he can, cares more about. And that's why he had a problem with what we said about children, which is actually consistent with what he's doing now. So you need new leaders. Yeah, we do. But it just seems to me this is like a multi-layered issue, right? Uh, in fact, I want to show a video real quick of uh, Bill Gates. Um, and this is what he says. And in significant pockets 
of the country where vaccines aren't happening because of those, the anti-vaxxers or whatever you want to call them, who have made significant headway in trying to convince parents they shouldn't vaccinate children. I was just looking at new data today from Orange County, California, with more than a few schools showing between 40 and 60 percent children not vaccinated. You could say this is a, we're a victim of success. In the countries where you have measles all the time, nobody gets confused about this. Do you get mad about it? I get more mad about the deaths we're not avoiding. I spend my time on the countries where you still have, in the case of measles, over 300,000 kids dying a year. In the case of diarrheal diseases, over a million a year. There's six million kids a year still dying. Why aren't we getting vaccines out in Africa for diarrhea, for respiratory disease? Why don't we yet have a vaccine for malaria? Those are the things that I, I push forward. I wouldn't say I get angry, but I'm really impatient that we're not moving as fast as I'd like. Now, you are a Harvard graduate, correct? That's right. And Bill Gates, I believe, attended Harvard but didn't graduate from there. But was he in your medical school class? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I would have remembered him if he was. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe he was in here. So he has the uh, say-so now as to uh, how to disperse these different vaccines. I know, I know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know why folks listen to him. I mean, oh my goodness. Yeah, he. Just, I don't know what. I don't even know where to start with that guy. But, but, um, I don't know. I don't know where to start. It's certainly it's true that the you know, preventable disease is. It's good to prevent preventable disease, uh, but at the same time, you need good data. And there are there are vaccines that are used, just like some medications that are used, where the quality of the data isn't good enough. And and I don't know whether it's favors to pharma or or what the the interests that are that uh, that have led to that being the case, but it's not good. And human beings deserve better. They totally deserve better. Yeah, yeah. I have another. I just want to share one other video um, about this situation. Fight AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria. Today at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, he announced that his project called CEPI, or the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations, has $460 million. He sat down with CBS News to talk about how that money will go to preparing for the next great epidemic. Uh, the idea is to take a, a new way of building vaccines that could let us develop in less than a year a novel vaccine called DNA RNA vaccines. And so we'll fund a few projects to build specific vaccines. But not only will we get that, we'll prove out that these platforms can work. We'll understand the regulatory issues. And it gives us a chance of being able to respond in time when the next epidemic hits. We're in the same situation we were in before, where it takes years to build a new vaccine. But the scientific idea of, of these new platforms uh, could radically change that uh, so that a lot of the steps are sitting there ready, the factory piece, understanding the regulatory piece, and you just have to plug in some information, do some quick safety profiles, and then you can get into manufacturing quite rapidly. We need vaccines for a lot of things, not just epidemics. We need a HIV vaccine, a tuberculosis vaccine, a malaria vaccine, 
all of those things are in the works. And, you know, over the next decade, I think most of those we'll get solutions for. So, again, this is what we're up against in this multi-layered issue, right? I know you say we need new bodies in politics, right, and installed. I think it's going to take a lot more than that. Don't you? Sure. It does take a lot more than that, but it starts with leadership. And and I I talk about some of the issues, for example, in my book, Transcend Fear, about it's not like I was born able to do this. I had to really had to deal with a lot of stress and trauma and get it out of my my spirit, of my body, of my consciousness to be able to do what I do now. So that's part of and that's part of the journey uh, to make yeah. people more resistant to the type of manipulations that we've seen over these last few years, uh, particularly manipulation through fear. So it will take more, but you absolutely, I, I feel strongly that the right leaders can make an enormous, I mean, I, they, they can make an enormous difference. There, I'm sure there are other pathways that I haven't conceived of to freedom, but, but that's one that, that's one that resonates for me. Yeah, you're a lot more optimistic than I am. <laughs> it's going to work out. I'm sure it's going to work out. I, I just, listen, I know there's not much we can do other than, like you said earlier, is just have, our, have faith in God. And that's the main thing because we get thrown so many of these different curveballs. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Medical Truth Podcast, Dr. Okay. Dapo. All right, have a good Thank day. Thank you very Thanks. much. Thanks. All right, you too. All right bye.